A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You see that in our very ordinariness is where God lives. Yeah, and in a world where everybody wants to be special, maybe we can get back to embracing being ordinary. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between. I have a guest that I had on before, back today, because we had such an incredible conversation the last time about her book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing. So today I have Jessie Asia Kanzer back. She's an award-winning author, and her new book, Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, is out now. Um, Jessie was born in the Soviet Union, and she left at the age of eight. And she was once on a film set with Zelensky. And so that propelled her to write this book about the lessons that we can learn from an unexpected leader. I think no one was sort of anticipating what was going to happen between Russia and the Ukraine, or maybe more people were than I certainly was paying attention to. Um, but Jesse, welcome back to the show. This is such an important, I think, framework to think about what what inspires someone or what makes like a really incredible leader and just a human in general. So can you tell us, first of all, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. And what inspired you to write this book? I mean, we were talking before this, you must've written this quite quickly um, because this is, you know, just in the last two years that, that everything has happened, right? It's I've, it's I've a year and a half. Track, is, yeah, yes, time, yes, but. yes. It's end of February uh, of 22 is when the war started. So you're correct. Okay. Time goes fast. Yeah, it's really. So about 18, 19 months. What inspired you to write this story? And how did you see his leadership as really a framework for living? So as you had said, I was on a film set with Vladimir Zelensky back when uh, life was very different for me, but also for him. So he was this up and coming comedian, actor, performer in his country, in Ukraine. And I was a struggling actress living here in New York. I was an immigrant. And this was the one time that 
speaking Russian helped earn me a living literally one time. And that was in the set of a movie called No Love in the City. Sometimes it's also called Love in the Big City, but it was um, a Russian speaking film that had a lot of uh, stars from the former Soviet Republic. So that included Vladimir Zelensky. Interestingly, so this was 2009 when the movie came out. He, this was his first big feature film. He was one of three leads on this film. So there were three major leads. One uh, was um, from Finland. So there's these three people that could speak Russian that were in this big production. Um, I had a minor part because, again, I spoke Russian. They needed some people who were shooting in, the, in New York. They needed some people, local people. And what struck me as so interesting, um, once he got elected president of Ukraine, this was 2019, I got a text from my brother and it said, uh, you know, you were once in a movie with a president. And so I had to look up what he was talking about. And that was just a decade later from that movie set. So I was struck very early on before the whole world knew of Zelensky as we do now. I was struck by how did this person go from like kind of doing what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, finding his way as a performer to leading an entire country that was trying to kind of break away from under the Russian thumb and become fully free. And, um, you know, so I had been following him for quite a while. So to be honest, I had some material because I'd been taking notes and I'd been publishing essays about him before the war began in LA times and in um, the inside, there was different, different, different places where I kept writing about him. And my husband said to me, are you going to just keep writing about this guy? And then it became clear. So I'm an intuitive. I know you are as well. There was something in me before we know what we know now of him being this great wartime leader before all this, I couldn't stop looking at this person and listening to, to his speeches and analyzing and thinking, how did this person born my generation? He's in his forties born in the former Soviet union. Like I was, he was in Ukraine. I was in Latvia. My dad's from Ukraine. You know, he was a Russian speaking kid, just like I was, cause we were all under that Soviet thumb then. And how did he get, first of all, the confidence to get up to the point where he got up to, and then how's he able to do this so well? And so in watching him, as the war began, we were all watching him. Um, first of all, nervous for his survival in the beginning. I was really nervous just to make sure that, because I could, I knew he was a good guy. I just knew he was a good guy and I just wanted him to be okay. But afterwards, I was watching him and I realized the same thing that attracted me to his story is what attracts all of us who have been keeping tabs. And that's that he's able to keep his humanity, his very human, approachable quality of just being this regular person. And he's able to keep it even as he is leading at the very top of this very nerve wracking situation. Mm -hmm. An intense situation. Yeah. What was it early on for you intuitively that that kind of drew you to following his story more than just like he's an actor, I'm an actor. Was there something about his personality and you kind of break things down in the book um, that really led you to feel inspired? And I know you studied the Tao, how, how those pieces sort of fit together in that way. Yes. So interestingly, I had a chapter and don't just sit there, do nothing. Uh, in which I talk about, you know, there's a section called My Zelensky. The chapter was called Use It. And it was about this Taoist principle of being, of using whatever life hands to you, not throwing anything away, using it, using it to further yourself. 
And that's what I saw this person doing. I saw that, okay, so he was in a similar situation, born to a falling apart country, right? And he wants to be an actor. He wants to be an entertainer. But then he had something that I think a lot of us are missing. I, I really want to have it too. I work on it. It's like this belief in his own limitlessness, which I talk about in Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. He has this belief that he can do the unimaginable. He can achieve what people may not believe he can because he has this like steel belief in himself. Mm. So really it was that belief, the belief that he had in himself that in some way inspired you to continue to watch how this unfolded. Yes. I could tell that this person was not shaken by criticism. First of all, to get elected in his own country he had said, he had said early on, I'm not a politician. I'm just a simple person who has come to break down the system. He mm. had said that when he was running for president, mm -hmm. he had always said he's ordinary. He's a regular person. He's come to break down the system. Great. A great message. However, he was ripped apart by critics, both in Russia, because he was very dangerous for Russia, because he had uh, such a following and was really speaking from a complete place of freedom. But he also had a lot of critics within Ukraine. They were like, oh, who is this guy? He's a he's a comedian. How is he going to do this? He has no experience. And he has something within him that was like, no, I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. And so mm -hmm. early on, that struck me as amazing because most of us are trying for that. We are. We're trying to have that confidence. But he had it innately. Huge gift. I would say maybe an inborn gift. And then the other aspect of that was... He really knew, again, you know, I'm a spiritual dork. I know you are really into all the woo-woo stuff as well, just like I am. That's what we connected on mm -hmm. initially. So for anyone who understands how you get your dreams into being, for any of us who understand this, this idea of embodiment, mm -hmm. what was really interesting, and I don't know if maybe some of your listeners don't know this story, but uh, before he became president, Vladimir Zelensky played a president in a production in a sitcom in his country that he himself produced. He had he had become quite a, a well-to-do producer. He was putting out a lot of content himself. And he had produced this show called Servant of the People, in which a regular guy, a high school teacher, becomes president of Ukraine. And so he was playing this president of Ukraine. And he had so much support. He was really good from his early days as a comedian. He was really good at jokingly pointing at what was wrong in the government of his mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. So he, he would say, like, historically, that's what jesters did. You know, jesters were the ones who were able to make fun of and laugh at and point to what was wrong in their nation. Mm-hmm. So he did that. And then he did that in this production, Servant of the People. And it had such a welcome, um, a, so much applause and so much following within his country that he realized, I am going to run on this very platform that I'm putting in the show, on this platform mm. of ripping down corruption, of being honest. And so he called his party Servant of the People. And he was elected in a landslide, over 70%, huge landslide within his country. He was elected president. So for my spiritual self, watching this literal embodiment that, that he was able to do. And manifestation. Was, and manifestation. Of, manifestation, right. yes. Embodiment that led, led to just the success. So he had this mix of 
believing in not believing in limits, not heeding limits. So believing in himself, embodying what he wanted to create and then manifesting it. And so for my spiritual end, I was like, come on, we have to look at this, not just not just from the stuff that the government folks look at, not just in world leadership, but like personal development. And this is something all of us can use. Mm hmm. So you talk about him in the book really seeing himself as ordinary. And there's something about the ability to see yourself as ordinary that I think impacts the ability to do good in the world. Can you speak a little to that with him in particular? Absolutely. Um, I think, so I call it in the book, um, you know, even the, this idea of unlocking your inner Zelensky, it's obviously tongue-in-cheek. I like tongue-in-cheek titles. <laughs> um, but this whole idea is we each have the superhero inside of us. And he really believes that. So Zelensky became synonymous with the super brave person who said, you know, I need ammunition, not a ride. I'm staying. I'm staying here with my people. Like, we knew him as that. But his whole point is we each have that within ourselves. And so when he was given the Time Award, you know, he was called, he was named Times Person of the Year last year. And he said, every one of us is the leader of our time. Mm -hmm. And every one of us, when he was elected as president, said, every one of us is now the president of Ukraine. So his belief in his own ordinariness um, allowed him to just see himself as one of the people. So he's one of the people, he wants to do good by the people, but he also understands, and what he kept expressing is, we all have to rise to that level of ownership and responsibility. So he really, part of it is not seeing himself as better than anyone, mm -hmm. but then also expecting, like kind of, he just by the way he is, by his way of viewing the world and himself and others, he lifts people up. Because if every ordinary person is the leader of our time, then just by viewing him, viewing others that way, you lift them up to a greater ability. Right. And that belief that we all have within us, that, that the strength, the tenacity, whatever it might be, you know, whatever the, the virtue is of that moment, we all have that in us. No one has to be this amazing leader to tap right, you just, into that. Yeah. You just need to be the leader of your own life, the leader of your own, you know, he talked about, we must all be the, act like the president now when he was elected. So for example, how would you like seeing in the paper, the president cheats on his taxes, which is, you know, which is a funny thing for us in America, because, you know, we have a former president in the papers a lot now. And so he said, how would you like to see in the paper the president drove drunk. So he was lifting everyone up to this idea of like, listen, we got to each live by the morals of a great leader. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is he really, this is, this is the part that I talk about this in Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, this humility that he has, because if you see yourself as ordinary, you're, you're never going to let your ego get the best of you, no matter how big you become to external forces, right? Right. To, to an external audience. Right. And so he says, he, when people ask him when, when in interviews with CNN, he'd be asked, you know, how do you do this day in, day out? How do you do this? How do you keep working so hard for your country? And he said, I just can't afford to be worse than my people. My people are working so hard. My people are doing their best. You know, the doctors keep doing their job. The soldiers are doing their job. The teachers are doing their job. I can't afford to be worse than them. Mm-hmm. 
So he has like this gratitude for the very ordinary person and he's just doing his job, which happens to be a bit extraordinary right now. Right. Well, and it's so inspiring to really think about it in that way. Like, and speaks to this notion of whole or oneness, right? Like we all have our part each one of us is president in a way of our own, whatever it is that we're doing of our own existence, of our own lives, of our own households. I like to think I'm definitely the president <laughs> of that. Um, and, and how are we showing up in a way that holds that sacred? You know, and when I think too of Jesus, like Jesus was an ordinary person, person of the people. Yeah, I love I love Jesus's teachings as well for that very reason, because he would always say, you know, you could do what I do. He would tell people you could do what I do if you believe that you could. And it's interesting to me that we see that in Zelensky because he believed that he could. He still to this day and now, you know, as we talk now, there's still a lot of questionability about like, is Ukraine actually going to win? Is that? But he always said he's like, I have no doubt we will win but it takes time and it takes patience, but he has this vision. And because I've been following him for quite a while, and I understand that the whole of Ukraine is sort of operating as this one right Mm -hmm. now, I have, I have adapted his confidence because I see how he's operated before. And, you know, he had an advisor. I love this quote from one of his advisors. He said, he said he, about Zelensky, he, ha, he has a performer's sixth sense of what people want. And in a time of crisis, he is a lens that channels the energies of the people into a single beam of light. Mm, God, there's so many spiritual undertones in thinking about him. Right, right. And you know what, what this has led me to do, Amy, this was interesting, is you would think as a spiritual person, I could have lived my whole life and not write or, or think much about war. Yeah. And I would have loved to have had that as my reality, but because I have Ukrainian roots, this of course touched me very um, close to the heart. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, well war was, and so the leader had to be. And so there's definitely teachings in this for us. And then going deeper into the old spiritual text, because I love old spiritual text, I realized the entirety of the Bhagavad Gita, which for those who don't know, it's a one of the most important Hindu texts. Well, the entirety of the Bhagavad Gita centers around war. Hmm. I was not aware of that. In what way? So the, the main character sort of in this story of the Gita is Arunya, a prince who does not want to fight in the war that is going on in his land and hit the deity Krishna, his deity, God basically says to him, this is, there's no choice. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better. Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The war is here and so you have to fight. And so it all becomes sort of this exercise in accepting what is and operating from that point. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the war is an allegory for the the other wars that we have to fight in our lives because they, they and even internally, right? We always have struggles externally and internally. And so it becomes sort of a teaching of how to live in this world of duality that unfortunately has things like war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how to find, I think, stay true to the goodness, the pureness of our souls in that way. Exactly. And it's interesting because, you know, I have a chapter on peace mm-hmm. in the book. I'll hold this up. This is the book. Unlocking yeah, I, it. I know you have it as well. Mm-hmm. I know. And um, so I have a chapter on peace. And what people might not realize is Zelensky was a real pacifist. And when he was coming into power, his great hope was partly because he had such influence. And he was actually very popular within Russia, too, as an entertainer. And he had hope that he would be able to solve this with dialogue. Mm. And even as the war began, he tried to get Putin on the phone and he would say in Russian in the videos, he would say, I'm just a guy. Why don't you just sit across from me? Just sit down and talk. And it took a while in watching him in those early days. I saw him accept that that was not going to be a reality. Mm-hmm. That was not. And it was almost mirroring the Bhagavad Gita, the Prince Arunya, who had to accept that he had to fight in the war. There was no other way around it. Right, right. I I mean, it's so interesting to hear you make some of these comparisons. And and I think also probably if we dug deeper into like other wars and things that have happened over time, there's probably similar themes there. And it's like, why, what is the, um, like this dichotomy, these, these forces of good and evil, light and dark, right, that are that, that always exist over time, you know, yes, over generations, always. generations yeah. and generations. Yeah. And, and so the question becomes, do we just pretend that doesn't exist? Do we just, pre- do, do we just align ourselves with light and stay there or being a truly spiritual person and a truly um, a person on, on his or her way to enlightenment do we like it or not have to face the darkness as well? And I think for me, as just as a developing spiritual seeker, like the rest of us, it's been a really sobering experience, but also, it also interestingly, it's been motivational, which is weird mm. to say that a war can be motivational, but it's not the war. It's the dealing with the war that is inevitable. Mm. Can you say more about that? Explain that a little bit more. Yeah, of course. So, for me, the study of spirituality up until this time, and you know, I had this book about the Tao, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, released. Now, the book was released, and four days later, the war began. And because I had this one chapter about Zelensky in the book, any interview I went on, people wanted to hear about that. You know, how I was on set with this leader who now we're like worshiping and mm-hmm. tell us about that. And I didn't particularly want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about the Tao. Right, right. <laughs> but But the thing is, 
it made me look deeper. Even in the even the Tao itself talks about violence and war. And it says a man of peace will only use a weapon when it's his last resort. And it made me go back to all the teachings I've been studying, the Tao Te Ching, the Bhagavad Gita, my own spiritual journey, and realize that it's always been there. That duality, the dark side has always been there. The dark side was a big part of my story and my own personal struggles. You know, eating disorder as a teenager. And, and honestly, it's interesting to me also because I... My journey is was so rich because I was a refugee, because I was a child refugee from the Soviet Union. And then at the same time, it was triggering to see how many of these poor people in Ukraine had to become refugees and many of them without their fathers who couldn't leave or they went to the war. And it was triggering. And yet I had to face it. And I knew that I had to face it and I had to, you know, look at it and I had to write about it. And now I have to continue to live with it. We all do. So a lot of us, a lot of us were like in horror over the fact that there's a war going on in Europe and it's ugly and there's a lot of losses. And yet a lot of us have also moved on because our right. lives continue, right? My, like son, to- my son actually asked me the other day, was like, is there still the war in the Ukraine? I, You know what? Because that's a, that's a, normal question because Mm -hmm. our um, attention span is short. Right. And the media, as I would say, the media's attention span, you know, there are cycles and yet this war keeps going. But even for the people within Ukraine, you know, Kiev has been relatively peaceful. I mean, they, they have to go, they have, they have to hide from uh, bomb warnings as well. And, um, but at the same time, people, even people within Ukraine had to keep living. Right. And continue. And so for now, for, for me, for at this moment, the spiritual practice has been like, well, how do you live a good life? How do you continue with your own smaller sort of um, goals and objectives, knowing that there's a war going on? And for me personally, a war, you know, in my ancestral homeland and how, how like, how do you how do you live with both of those things? Well, and isn't that the great, the greater question that we're asking right now, right? I mean, I hear this, people reach out to me all the time. How do you live with such horror in the world? How do we continue to not address the issues of climate? I don't want this to become like a whole political discussion, but I, w- I would like to stay in the spiritual side of it because um, this isn't a political podcast. But you know, I think a lot of people are asking those questions of how do we live like a full, meaningful life when the noise of the world feels so heavy? Everything that's going on just feels like too much, regardless of where you live, right? If you live in the States, you're dealing with, you know, the basic day-to-day gun violence. And I mean, I live in Chicago. We've had a ton of robberies and Right, right in the neighborhood in which I live, and it's like, how do you live with these dualities all over the place, and still find meaning and joy and happiness and abundance in your own personal life? I'll let yeah, you and answer it, this one today. Yeah. Well, that's you know, if I could answer that one really well, I think my work is done. Right, <laughs> but, right. but 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 that is is such a it's such a pressing question right now, and I think a lot of it is because we get to view everything up close. There's never been a war before where you get to see, you know, I follow some of these soldiers on Instagram um, 
there's one guy I follow. He was a big TV host in Ukraine. He went to war and I, I follow them and I see their uh, losses and just unbelievable stuff that they have to deal with, like things that I don't even want to bring up here because I'm not here to traumatize people. Right. But I see it really up close, right? That's just one example. Like mm-hmm. you said, like we have our own gun problem here in the States and you get to see this all in in um, real time almost because of technology. Right. And you, and you, and it's pressing. And the other thing is algorithms are, they're really bad in some ways for us because, because I do look at um, suffering. I get brought more suffering on my feed. Mm-hmm. Wow. But what an interesting, like, let's think about that too, from the spiritual lens, right? Like you, when we talk about what we bring in and what we attract, you know, the algorithms have become like a law of attraction, right? It just 100%. brings in that which 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 you are already in. It, it, so if you're feeling overwhelmed by the state of the world and you're depressed by the state of the world and you've been looking at anything anywhere on your phone or on your computer, you're going to be faced with that 10 times as much. Right. So if I looked at some suffering animals in Ukraine today, tomorrow I'll have 10 times as many and they're not going to be just from Ukraine. They'll be like, because that's how the algorithm works. Right. And it's, it's an interesting. And maybe that's how the algorithm of life works too. Maybe. And it's an, but what a reality to, to live in and deal with. And I would say for anyone feeling super overwhelmed by this, just to remember that actually the world has been improving in many ways. And we just don't get to experience that because we're up close to all of that suffering that, Mm. that we're, um, horrified at and yet keep, keep viewing more of. And so to understand that actually the world's always been like this. I mean, mm-hmm. the humanity has always struggled. I would say struggled more. I mean, just remember those dark times when like there was a bubonic plague and, you know, uh, just a chunk of the world passed away. And so the world's always been dark. I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to depress all the right. listeners. And, but the, it, and it's always been light. Exactly. And there's exactly. always been light. And it's actually one of Zelensky's quotes as well. Even in the darkest of times, there's always been light. Well, there's the quote about the cracks, which I'll screw off probably, but like dark, like I'm, I'm there's a crack in everything. And that's where the light gets in. Thank you. Sure. (laughs) In all Um, darkness, right? There's a crack in like all darkness and that's where the light comes in. And then the bigger question becomes like, so if we can't escape the darkness, which we can't, and we, we can't in our personal lives, come on, like loss is part of life. We've all at this, at our middle age, we've all, come we've on, all lost, <laughs> you know, but like, but like at, at some point, by some point, by whatever point that is, it's individual, we lose people. Um, that's a darkness that everyone has to face no matter what. Mm-hmm. Growing older as a darkness or just mm-hmm. just, um, you know, getting so close to your kids and raising your kids and then watching them and letting them pull away. Mm-hmm. You have to let them pull away even as your heart breaks. That's just the reality of motherhood. Right. Or parenthood, I should say, fatherhood as well. So maybe the greater question then has to become not how do we still look for happiness in the darkness, but how do we allow it all to exist? Mm-hmm. How do we leave space for it all? Because uh, yes, we are allowed to go after our own happiness, but I would say it's probably unhealthy to pretend that there is no darkness at all. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, and, and like I just said, that's where you see the light is when you look at the darkness too. And so like for me, as I get older, understanding that I have to hold all of it and leave space for all of it, that that's the practice of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. What have you found as the most important spiritual lessons to be taken from this situation? For me, um, it's still that lesson that Zelensky speaks of the most, I think, is the power of the ordinary, that I'm just a regular person who's come to break down the system. And he said in other speeches and other times, he said, we are all ordinary people. I'm an ordinary person. He he was at a hospital helping people who were just visiting people who were hurt by a bombing that had happened at that point. And he and a grandmother of a girl who was badly hurt said, I can't believe you're here. Thank you for being here. You know, we're just regular people. And he said, we're all regular people. We're all mm-hmm. ordinary people. And seeing that from him, but then seeing that in that situation, ordinary people do extraordinary things for each other. And we've seen it before. We've seen it in dire circumstances in 9-11 in New York, for example, mm-hmm. where I went to school at the time. You see, you see that in our very ordinariness is where God lives. Yeah. And in a world where everybody wants to be special, maybe we can get back to embracing being ordinary. That's, that's been my personal lesson. So I I say, you know, when I talk about this book, I say, look, I wrote this book. I wrote Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, partly because I wanted to share what I gleaned from him for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things is, as I had mentioned, not caring so much about the critics. Mm -hmm. Um, Any one of us who puts ourselves out there will get our fair share of criticism. It's just Mm -hmm. how it works. And like watching this person just not give a bleep, like that's that's not what rules him. Right. But then understanding that because he's stuck to that that line since the beginning of before the war, he's stuck to this line of I am just an ordinary person. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of power in that message because he kept bringing that to his people. And then as he became, his stage became the world to the world stage. He, that's why he continues to wear such regular clothes. I mean, regular army clothes because his country is in, in crisis still, but he just continues to, he's, he does, does not put on the suits. He continues to wear the, the military garb. Um, I think that bringing himself to the level of the ordinary has been very cool because it, reminds us that we don't need to try for some grand stage, uh, grand, uh, you know, celeb kind of reality mm-hmm. that the ordinary is where it's at. And he, he said many times, you know, he said, look, our country is not, we're not vying to put the most oil in the world, the most gold. We're just happy. We're satisfied with our people and our land for us. That is gold. Mm-hmm. And so I also learned from him and from the Ukrainian people, this, um, value of contentment, of just loving what what is yours, loving what you have, loving the land you're born on, loving the people who you get to have in your life, just loving these simple uh, bounties that that are part of being a human in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. I'm so impressed with how quickly you spit out books. Awesome. <laughs> thank, you. Um, thank you. Good, really good books, really important books. 
unlocking your inner Zelensky lessons we can all learn from an unexpected leader is out now. Right. It's out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's available wherever books are sold. Um, you know, local indie bookstores or Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever works for you. And it's also, I should say it's in, so it's in paperback, it's in digital, but it's also an audio. And the audiobook version is um, by this wonderful um, act, this actress of Ukrainian heritage as well, um, who is just this really great narrator. I thought mm. she did a really good job. So I'm proud of that. So check it out. Lots of great, me- lots of great spiritual messages in this book. So thank you again for coming back, for being here. I don't know. When's the next book coming out? Year <laughs> Thanks, <two. Dr>. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and if people want to find out more also about you and your work, where can they find you? jessiekanzer.com, J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R. And I'm at jessiekanzer on Instagram as well. I'm at Daily Dow on TikTok. But again, all of those connections are on my website, jessiekanzer.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jesse, for coming back. Thank you for having me. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.